Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Imaginal Space Podcast. My name is Catherine Perry. I am the host of this podcast. So, if you are new, welcome. And if you have listened before, welcome back. Today, we are going to be closing the introduction to Aura Color series with the color magenta. So, if you're new, I've been recording a separate episode dedicated to every Aura Color. We've done red, orange, yellow, green, and pink, blue, indigo, violet, silver, gold, opal, gray. And now we are finally finishing the series with magenta. It's been so much fun recording all of the episodes and exploring the different colors. Every single time I record an episode, it is 100% channeled. I have no idea, you know, what how the episode is going to turn out or what information is going to come through. It's a combination of, you know, what I know about the cards and then what I have yet to learn that day. So we are going to be continuing with magenta. I think it's a beautiful card to, or not beautiful card, it's a beautiful color to finish the series with because it's a little bit, it has a fun theme and it has a a little bit to do with new beginnings. So Before we get started, I like to open every single podcast episode by taking some time to set up the space. So essentially, that just means setting your intention, getting a little bit quiet, you know, taking a couple of deep breaths. I like to call in some of my spirit guides to just like assist me with whatever needs to come through during the episode. So it's that sort of thing. I'm used to doing it since I do it for every single episode. So I only need a couple of deep breaths since I know what my intention is. So if you need more time, feel free to simply hit your pause button and then we will get started with magenta. So right now I'm going to close my eyes. If you want to join me, great. If not, it's like only a couple of seconds. Okay, great. So let's get started with magenta. So just in case you haven't listened to any previous episodes and this is your first one, I'm so excited to have you. And what you need to know is every single aura color has its own theme, its own medicine. And then each aura color is kind of like a, it's like an archetype soul family. So each color is associated with seven different archetypes. And all of those archetypes bring their own stories, their own narratives, medicine, dimensions, perspectives to that contribute to the overall theme. And they all interact with each other in really fun ways. So we're going to be looking at the entire aura color family today. And magenta is connected to the experience. It's connected to the experience of unconditional love. And there is a card agape in this within the archetypes deck that does translate to devotion or unconditional love, but this is a little bit different. So this is not only unconditional love, but how we can continuously deepen our experience of unconditional love. So think of it as, um, 
Yeah, it's like unconditional love. It's like new beginnings. It's kind of like knowing and understanding unconditional love in a different way than you have before. So as we talk about the cards, I think that will become a little bit more clear as to what it is. It's kind of like unconditional love that is always alive. You know, it's having a very active um, relationship with unconditional love. You know, it's always changing. It's always shifting and paying attention to those changes and those shifts in your own life. So today we are actually going to start with the destroyer. And when I saw that the destroyer appeared as magenta, I was like, I, I don't know if I understand that, you know, right away. And sometimes that happens, you know, and during an aura reading, a lot, a lot of the time I kind of understand when I just take a look at the aura, I'm like, I know exactly what's going on here. And then the kind of, and it's very, it's an interesting feeling. It's like you understand the full picture, but the details and the medicine isn't, you know, it hasn't played out yet or it just hasn't been translated into words. It's like a knowing that you get but it hasn't been translated into words yet. So when I looked at this particular group of cards, I was like, this fits together. I just don't, it was like my mind kind of couldn't catch up with my spirit in that moment, you know? It's like I knew in my heart and I knew in my soul how all of these cards are connected, but I hadn't yet put it into words. And the destroyer was the one that kind of tripped up my ego the most. So the destroyer is, it's the end. And I thought that was interesting that it was within the one family, the one color family that is centered around maybe new beginnings. And that's why I was happy to end the discussion, the introduction to Aura Color Series with Magenta, because what it inspires you to do is kind of like, if you've listened to the series in order and you end with Magenta, what it does is, like I said, magenta is a new experience of unconditional love. You know, understanding love, God, source, creation in a different way than you did before. And then you kind of, what you can do is you can take that new understanding and then go through the colors again. You know, so what it does is it inspires this kind of cyclical nature to understanding the aura colors. The aura colors aren't linear in any sense. You know, they all interact with each other in a very special way. They all do build off of each other in a very special way. So, for example, in the previous episode, or um, I believe I published by this time Opal and Gray on the same day, but I'm referring to the episode on Opal. Opal is rainbow, um, Opal essence. So it actually incorporates all of the previous colors, you know. And so what Magenta does is it says, you know, basically take your new understanding. Also, ooh, this is very uh, worth mentioning. I believe in unconditional love. I believe in God. I believe in source. I believe in creation, the universe, you know, all that good stuff. It could also just be yourself, you know? Um, so it's whatever language that you want. So for, um, for that example, if you view magenta as just like, you can think of it as like new beginnings, just in terms of falling in love with yourself. I think of it again as new beginnings in terms of falling in love with creation, falling in love with spirit, et cetera. Um, what that, in a similar message, if it's just falling in love with yourself in a new way, you can go back through all of the colors and say, how can I fall in love with the red within myself? You know, how can I fall in love with the orange, the yellow, the green, you know? Or how can I fall in love with red as an expression of source? How can I fall in love with orange as an expression of spirit? You get the idea. Um, but yeah, so magenta is new beginnings and the destroyer is its unexpected endings, you know? 
So if you're listening to this podcast episode, you've probably heard some sort of philosophy or some sort of, you know, stream of consciousness or thought process that there is something inside of us sometimes that wants particular patterns to end or wants, you know, specific, I don't know, experiences to end, but we are just sometimes not quite aware of, you know, that part of us. And then when the destroyer comes or experiences of the destroyer come through, we're like, wait a minute, where did that come from? You know, that came out of the blue. So for example, um, let's do like a, like a simple one. Oh yeah. Okay. This one's like kind of funny, but kind of not. So I remember, um, several years ago, it feels like forever ago. Um, I was in an interesting relationship that was, it was so unhealthy. Neither one of us had any sense of boundaries. Um, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't the best, but I couldn't see it at the time. And then I remember when the destroyer came through and I didn't, I mean, I didn't have the language to say this, but now that I'm looking back on it, I, on my own, you know, just from a third dimensional perspective, from an egoic perspective, I thought everything was fine up until a certain point. I had like a, like an inkling, like, "Mm, I don't know about this. You know, I don't know about this relationship anymore, but there are no kind of like glaring red flags or anything like that. So, I mean, it's fine. Like, let's just continue. Um, You know, like that sort of thought process. I feel like that's very relatable. We've all been through something similar to that before where, (laughs) yeah, it's not terrible. um, But I mean, looking back on it, it definitely was. But at the time, from my perspective, wasn't terrible or anything like that. And then something, a huge red flag, kind of like a catastrophe, um, a mini disaster did kind of come through and I just couldn't ignore it anymore. I was like, my eyes were like blown open. I was like, oh, like how could I have been doing this for like the past, I don't know, year and a half, you know, that's the destroyer's energy. You know, it's that part of you that is uncomfortable, but also necessary because For instance, you know, I could have probably, I mean, it did have its own expiration date and I can't see it going any further, Um, but it could have definitely gone on longer, you know, much longer past its expiration date. And the destroyer is that part of your soul, that part of your spirit that knows that something needs to come to an end. And when you look back at it, I'm like, of course, I'm glad, you know, of course, uh, of course, I'm glad it did end and that, you know, and it's also the experience of. I wouldn't have the destroyer kind of comes through when you wouldn't have ended something on your own. So it doesn't have to be a relationship. That's just like an example. I feel like, you know, we can all kind of relate to in some sort of way, but it's kind of like when you are moving through life in some sort of way um, and, you know, everything's good, everything seems good, or maybe you have like a little inkling or like a little suspicion, like, you know, I'm not really sure about something, but you won't end it on your own. The destroyer is the part of you that is aware that something needs to end and then kind of takes over if your ego doesn't end it, you know? So we, I found now that I'm like reflecting on it and, you know, looking at that experience through the lens of the destroyer, sometimes as human beings, we can just have an aversion to endings in general. You know, we, we love permanence. We, sometimes we don't like change. Um, and these are all shadows, you know, of the destroyer, just the unwillingness to like move on when you need to move on. And sometimes the destroyer wasn't, does not let you. Like when I say that the ending to that 
whole situation. It was just, it was absolutely <laughs> destroyed, obliterated. Um, there was absolutely no going back. It, you, there was no rebuilding. It was just, it's done. And that's the destroyer's energy. It's like, it's very, very, cut, very, very clear, um, cut and dry. You, you have to move on. You know, it doesn't give you the option as to whether you want a new beginning or not. And so it, it, we know what it does. It definitely like pulls the rug, you know, out from under you. You know, it doesn't have to be just relationships. It could be, you know, a job. It could be a home. Um, I feel like that's happened a lot in 2020. People have just had the rug, you know, pulled out from under them. That's the destroyer's energy, you know? It kind of pulls the rug out from under you in those things that you find so much security in and so much like, it's kind of like you find safety in them, but you don't need it anymore. You know, it's kind of, it can be like painful. It can be uncomfortable, um, but it doesn't, the destroyer is, it is an uncomfortable archetype, but it doesn't let you linger and become stagnant. And so- even though, you know, when I'm thinking back on that specific example, that specific, you know, period of time in my life, that was extremely uncomfortable and actually extremely painful and extremely hurtful. And that's what the destroyer is. It's very unexpected. Um, you know, it can be very, very savage. Um, and but what it does is it does redirect our life in some way. So the destroyer also, um, let me just point this out. It does exist in a trio. So kind of like the maiden mother crone trio, the destroyer is a part of the creator, the sustainer and the destroyer. And so it's the final one. So the creator, new beginnings, you know, you're creating things, you know, you, you get it. And then the sustainer. So the creator is yellow. And then we have the, the sustainer, which is violet. Yes, violet. And that has to do with, you know, consistently putting, you know, things into practice, paying attention to the practices that you need in your life. So um, the creator, think of that as like the initial spark. And then the sustainer is like the daily tasks that kind of compose your life, you know? So you're moving along, you're chugging along. Um, it's more of a mundane card than anything. And then the destroyer is when something needs to come to an end. So you're moving along with the sustainer. The sustainer was, you know, when I was moving along in that relationship on a day-to-day -day basis, and then the destroyer came through and then bam, over, you know? So that's kind of the uh, the trio, the grand trio of existence. So just to give you a little bit more context. And the reason I love the Destroyer for Magenta is that it it is a, it's a reorientation. Is that a word? It's a redirection card, you know? So even with, with, in every single card that's about endings, there is a beginning there somewhere. So for example, the dead end. That's an orange card. The dead end I use is synonymous with new beginnings. So it's like they just go together. You know, there there is no ending without a beginning. So apocalypsis, uh, that's actually also orange. Now I come to think of it. Um, that's like when you're coming to a new sense of self. The A part of you needs to, you know, be shed in order for a different part of you to like come through and to shine. That's apocalypsis. Um, the storm is also another one of these cards where, you know, it's a bit, it's a little bit different than the destroyer, um, but you get the point, you know, the storm, the dead end, apocalypsis, they are all about endings in some way, and they all have kind of like a unique flavor to them, and they're all a little bit different. 
Um, but I really love, but that is to say, even though they all have different flavors and all have different stories that do connect to endings, um, they all have an inherent beginning that is built in within them just in a different way. So the destroyer is no different. Even though the destroyer can be incredibly uncomfortable, every single time I have experienced its very unique, very, very clear energy, I have come to appreciate myself, God, creation in a new way. And that is very much magenta, you know? So magenta, don't confuse it with like, you know, it's not all like roses um, and like fairies and unicorns and candy, cotton candy, you know, it's not like that. You know, unconditional love has a bunch of different sides to it. It's not, um, it's not necessarily all smooth sailing to the ego, um, which is what we can talk about now. So we can actually talk about the judge next. So there are a couple of cards within the magenta family that have a lot to do with embracing duality and polarity, which I'm really excited about. So the judge is, um, okay, think about what actually, I mean, I've actually never been in a courtroom, so I can only refer to what I've seen on television, but uh, the story, just think about the story of an actual judge. You don't, It doesn't have to be super specific. Um, what does a judge do? It sits in the courtroom, listens to two opposing sides to create one story. So I was actually just watching The Undoing, on um, HBO. It's a really, really good show. Um, if you haven't checked it out, definitely check it out. It's a mini series. Um, what a wild ride. I really love that show. Um, and I remember watching The Undoing and I just, re- I was just receiving so many downloads about the judge, you know, in that moment, because a large part of The Undoing does have to do with a court case um, between, it's, it's like a murder mystery, but not really a mystery. I don't know. You definitely, you just have to watch it. Um, All of that is to say that so any judge in any courtroom is listening to two sides of one story. And what I love about the judge is that it reminds you that all sort of perspectives do come together to create one story, even if they seem seemingly opposite, you know? And so the judge inspires us to embrace all sides of duality. So in the same way, this is kind of an important message in, in in conjunction with the destroyer. And then also it goes really well with the crone because the crone does have a lot to do with embracing different forms of duality. Again, destroyer, it's not a pretty card. It doesn't have a pretty story, but it's one of those cards. Again, if you ever, if you want the new beginning of magenta, if you want new understandings of unconditional love, the unconditional love within you, um, God's source creation, or just new understandings of yourself. Sometimes parts of you need to be destroyed. Parts of you need to be shed. Um, Parts of you need to be released in order to make room for that to happen. You know, so the judge does bring its own unique flavor of medicine in in a similar way to say, um, imagine that, In anywhere, okay, so as human beings, we all have our own perspectives, right? And it's it's kind of impossible not to. (laughs) Um, So imagine you are kind of, um, imagine, okay, imagine there's only like three people, okay? There's, just to like simplify this, uh, there's the judge, 
Um, and then there's the two people, you know, trying to win their case on either side. So um, there's side A and side B. And side A and side B are directly opposing. What the judge inspires us to do with Magenta is even if we are side A or side B, to realize that we all have the judge archetype within us and that we can all tap into the judge in order to kind of understand the other person's perspective. So let's just say, um, I don't know, or let's let's do like a more realistic example. And then I can like, there's so many times in which I've just tapped into the energy of the judge and it's really helped me. So let's just say I am talking to my sister or someone, you know, or let's just say I'm talking to a friend because that's a bad example. I rarely ever argue with her. Um, Yeah, let's just say I'm talking to a friend. Oh, you know what? A couple, I feel like it was like a month ago or you know what? It was like kind of warm outside. So it might've been like longer ago than I'm like thinking of right now. Um, My friends and I, we like, I think we were just like meeting up outside or something like that. And my friends and I have very different political views. So that discussion was interesting. And, you know, some of us, and actually this is a perfect example of the judge because some of us, um, we were talking about one topic in particular, and some of us had very, very different, like literally opposing views on the topic um, than others. And what I love, so I love those discussions so much. I really like it when somebody has the complete opposite view that I have. And that has really been cultivated through the judge. Because again, the judge reveals how all of our stories, they create one another. So there is like, so if I believe in X and then somebody else believes in Y or whatever, or I believe in A and somebody else believes in B, there is no A without B, just in the same way that there is no black without white. The judge, just in terms of appearance, is a very stark card. Um, there's a lot of black. There's a lot of white on it. Um, and black doesn't exist without white, just in the same way that, you know, light doesn't exist without shadow, all of that good stuff. And what it reminds us is that uh, the good doesn't exist without the bad, which is what I was talking about with the destroyer. You know, the dest- again, destroyer can be very painful, very uncomfortable, But without those sometimes very painful, uncomfortable human experiences, you know, we don't get the new beginning or we don't get a new understanding of X, Y, Z. So that's kind of the energy of the judge. It can be explained in a bunch of different ways. But the important part to the judge is if you want. And so magenta is a huge color of, again, finding and leading yourself deeper into new experiences of love, whether that's for yourself or for God or whatever, that's what it is. It's just leading yourself into a new, deeper experience of love. The judge reminds us that if you really want to do that and that if you are really committed to that, that means, you know, really holding a space for and really listening to those perspectives that might be opposite than you. So that's what I was saying earlier about how, you know, we are all human we all have our own perspectives. The judge is not asking you to not have a perspective. You know, it's asking you, you know, with your perspective, it's like it's saying hold space for both at the same time. Hold space for your perspective and then hold space for the judge within you that is able to hold space for all perspectives. So that's a huge part of the way in which I interpret unconditional love. Unconditional love is the ultimate space holder. 
you know, it's within all of us, you know, at the end of the day. And that's a little bit of Anima Mundi, um, which is the last card in the entire deck. So when I saw Anima Mundi was um, was magenta, I was like, wow, you know, that makes a lot of sense. I'm really happy that um, Anima Mundi shows up as magenta. That's going to be a really, really fun discussion when I eventually record the series, which is now. Um, but basically, Anima Mundi is the soul of the world. Um, it basically says there is one soul of the entire universe. For me, Anima Mundi is another way of saying God, source, creation, spirit. It just acknowledges that we all have, we all share one soul. That's Anima Mundi. Anima Mundi is created in the spirit, you know, accept all and reject none. You know, it's, I love the story of Anima Mundi because it reminds, it's very much unity consciousness. It's very much collective consciousness. It reminds us that we are all connected in some way, shape, or form, but uh, we can get back to that in a second. Um, but that Anima Mundi and the judge go really well together as a pair just because it reminds us that, you know, our stories, our perspectives don't exist without one another. And the judge inspires us to take a step back. And there's a couple of cards in the archetypes deck that do invite you to take a step back and see the larger picture and to see both sides. The judge is one of them. So the judge, like the crone, is very much a embrace all of the duality that life has to offer you. And that's how you can learn more about yourself. And that's why I love Anima Mundi within the Magenta family because, okay, Anima Mundi is basically we all share one soul. There is one soul um, and it's it's just within every single one of us. Ooh, I was like, ooh, I just lost my train of thought there. That's okay, though. Either way, what I was going to say with Anima Mundi and the judge, we all share one soul, right? So holding space for ourselves and our perspectives and holding space. So if you, so with the judge, you know, holding space for your own perspective and then also holding, you also have the ability because we all share one soul. We all share the unconditional love within us. You do have the inherent ability to hold space for your perspective and then every single perspective out there. You know, it just reminds us that every single story, um, all of our souls are intimately connected, you know? So that's why I really love how those two kind of play off of each other. Like I said, in the same way that good doesn't exist without bad, those are both stories, by the way. In the same way that light and shadow, those are both stories. Those stories are not, they don't exist in a vacuum. You know, they don't exist independently of one another, and that's the judge's medicine. So going back to the destroyer a little bit, because that actually goes, the destroyer, the judge, and the crone, are all about embracing duality. So the crone is the final archetype in the maiden mother crone um, trio. Um, basically, the story of the crone is that she's lived her life. You know, she's the final manifestation in that feminine trifecta, which we all have within us, by the way, because the archetypes are, you know, they're not gender specific in any way. But she's seen everything. You know, just imagine what you would be like if you were like 80, 90 years old. You've seen, you know, all you've just you've had probably so many lifetimes wrapped into, you know, this one lifetime. You've seen death. You've seen, you know, birth. You've seen 
all forms of duality in your life, and that's the crone. You know, the crone, after you've kind of seen everything and you've just, with that kind of experience comes this, you know, timeless, intuitive, why, just this wisdom, you know, the crone has a certain feel to her, you know, she's, it's kind of like this been there, done that, you know, it's the crone because of that, because she's been through so much, sorry, she, um, it's again, archetypes are for everybody, non-gender specific, but it's kind of like once you are channeling the crone's energy, you kind of understand how there is no good or bad or, you know, right or wrong. You know, the crone is able to take life as it is, you know, and is very good at accepting everything and just understands that there is so much, you know, beauty and pain within the same world. The crone is truly an amazing energy, but the crone does echo the message of the judge just in that, you know, there is no good or bad or right or wrong because there is no good without bad or bad without good or right without wrong or wrong without right, you know? And the crone just kind of understands that. So when people are constantly polarizing and, you know, holding things within polarity, the crone just kind of sits back and is like, what are you doing? Like, do you not real? So the crone and the judge is kind of like, you know, if you were... If the crone was like kind of in the courtroom with the judge and then side A and side B and side A is like arguing their case and then side B has like their rebuttal, the crone and the judge, the judge is holding space for all of the stories and the crone is like, don't you understand that your perspective doesn't exist without this person's, you know? And so that's why I love having like debates with my friends or you know, especially with people that don't just agree with me. Because remember, magenta is all about awakening different parts of your heart. It's awakening different, you know, dimensions of unconditional love within you. It's, or just awakening different dimensions of you, you know, that you have the ability to love. But you don't get that by just staying within your comfort zone. And a lot of the destroyer, the crone and the judge's energy has to do with getting outside of the comfort zone of your own story. And the more you can realize with Anima Mundi that all of us are connected, all of our experiences are connected, the easier it is to understand that, you know, your perspective just doesn't, yeah, it just doesn't exist, you know, without anybody else's. And I, um, on the Imaginal Space, the website, there's this great meditation um, that I read about how all forms are inherently inseparate. So definitely go check that out if you're like, if you want to learn more about how like my perspective doesn't exist without yours and then like another person's and how we all create one another. So that's magenta. Um, okay, but yes, back to the crone. The crone is a beautiful energy. You know, she's just like kind of like the king a little bit. She just holds space for every single aspect of this human experience, you know? She has so much knowledge. Um, she's very, uh, it, very, very unconventional. Um, and that can sometimes happen when you really learn how to embrace duality because people really love, oh, and this, you know what? This is like an important thing too. Magenta, similarly to blue, you discover, you know, more of unconditional love, more of the mystery within you when you are willing to be wrong. So kind of going back to the judge, you know, with like side A and side B, 
in order for side A to kind of, you know, access the power of the judge and really understand side B, you kind of have to come to your own understanding that you aren't right about everything. So let's just say, you know, a really dumb example. Um, I say the sky is blue and then somebody else says it's red. You know, I'm really convinced the sky is blue, right? Um, maybe this is like a really silly example, but you know, I'm convinced of that and I'm like, I'm right. And then somebody else comes along and says, you're wrong, you're crazy, This uh, the sky is red. And I would have every right to look at them and be like, what are you talking about? Science says, and then blah, blah, blah. And like, you know, you could really get into it, I guess, if you want. But rather than that, I have a couple of choices. You know, if I really, and this is where it gets kind of tricky because, you know, I'm giving a silly example of the sky is blue versus the sky is red and, you know, the sky is blue unless, you know, I've been told otherwise. But here's the thing. The same way in which I believe the sky is blue and the same, you know, way maybe I'm soup. I have a strong conviction that the sky is blue. We have that same like strong, you know, opinionated nature about a lot of things. And while, you know, at the end of the day, I don't really think it matters if, you know, someone thinks the sky is blue or red or not. But then we get to kind of more personal perspectives that, again, we are invested in and are very impersonal, very, very personal to us. And we don't want to let it go. So in my example of the sky is blue, it doesn't really it doesn't really matter. You know, if somebody is like the sky is red, that doesn't really change anything. The only issues people, I mean, I've seen, you know, run into with the judge is when you need something to be right for some reason or else your world falls apart. And that's the fun of magenta. Well, fun, but not really. And kind of going back to this, the destroyer, the destroyer's energy is like in order for you to be initiated into a deeper experience of how we are all connected and into unconditional love, sometimes you need your world to fall apart. And that's also the energy of the threshold. So the threshold is, it's a liminal space. It's when you leave and, oh, actually this is a perfect transition. The threshold is a beautiful, very fun card, um, but it's not, it's not an easy one either. You know, so the threshold is kind of, it's not an initiation card, but it is, uh, it has the story of initiation. So the threshold is the card of moving between realities, you know, so it requires, it's one of those cards. It is like a huge shift. It requires you to, you know, leave behind, you know, whatever version of you that you were, uh, that you saw was, that you thought was so well-formed or that you were very attached to, you got to leave that behind, you know, because there's a new reality, there's a new adventure, there's a new frontier, you know, et cetera, et cetera. It's basically a metaphorical death card. It's not Thanatos, which is actually the archetype of death. Um, but it, it's very much the card of moving between realities and the space between moving between realities. So the threshold is a huge card for growth um, and just like learning about yourself. But yeah, think of it as a huge growth card. So I love this for magenta specifically, because magenta is, you know, it's very much moving through different realities of unconditional love and not being too attached to one particular one. And what that allows us to do, again, with Anima Mundi, we all share one soul. It When you are willing to kind of move between realities, you understand how 
you understand more. You understand more about this universal family and you understand more about how we are all connected in some way. And that's really, really important just, you know, in the spirit of unity consciousness, in the spirit of collective consciousness, and really understanding Anima Mundi, this soul of the world, the soul that connects us all. So back to what I was saying about, you know, the judge and like different perspectives, in order to really move between realities and to be fluid, because there is a fluidity to magenta, you know, in order to really understand one another, we can't be so attached. So magenta, um, the destroyer, magenta, the destroyer within magenta really calls us to release whatever it is that we are attached to. And that does have a lot to do with perspective, you know? So going back to the judge, you know, the judge is also the experience of if side A really wants to, you know, really understand and integrate side B, because that's what we have the ability to do. We have the ability, because we all do share one soul, to look at one another and basically integrate their essence and understand that you and I, we are the same. You know, we are the same soul being expressed in a very different, you know, infinitely complex, multidimensional way, but we are the same soul. And again, the judge, you don't necessarily have to give up your perspective. It's kind of like you do, but you. there is a way of keeping your own perspective and then simultaneously understanding how another perspective that might be quite opposite of yours creates yours, but you do kind of echoing the message of the crone have to give up these ideas of right and wrong. And again, with the threshold, give up, you know, and not be too attached to them. And so here's why. So like I said, you know, I wander around this earth, you know, believing that the sky is blue. That's one thing. Uh, that's one example. That's one perspective but that perspective is a very silly example because if some, I mean, if somebody told me the sky was actually red, maybe my world would fall apart, but not really. And the threshold is the card of your reality falling apart. But with every single experience of the threshold, so I would say over the course of this year, the threshold actually, it came up a lot. It came up way more than it ever did in 2019. I mean, I've only had this deck for just over a year. But in the entire time that I could have possibly owned this deck, the threshold kept on coming through this year. And I remember a very specific period of time where it was coming through a lot. And that's where, you know, I was moving, you know, from reality to reality. And, that, and reality is just another way of saying I was just moving, you know, from perspective to perspective um, and had a very, very different understanding with every single um, pull of the threshold of myself, of my relationship to God, of my relationship to creation, that's the threshold's energy. But again, you can't be attached. So like I said, the threshold carries this energy of leaving behind whatever version of you that you were so attached to, it's got to go. You know, it's very similar to apocalypsis, um, but it's, it has a little bit of a different flavor. But again, it is similar to the destroyer and all of those other cards I mentioned earlier in that something's got to go in order to make room for something new, you know? So in the spirit of magenta, some things need to be released in order for you to have a deeper experience of the soul, deeper experience of yourself, deeper experience of God, unconditional love, whatever it is that you want to call it is all good. Um, but that's the threshold. So let's say, um, and this is where it gets tricky because again, 
we believe our perspectives, they create our entire world. So when we don't have a perspective anymore, our entire world changes. And sometimes you don't want to leave that comfort zone. And you also, so the judge, you know, that's actually a good point. The judge, accessing the judge is a part of that is realizing how much your perspective really does create your entire world. Because uh, with the judge and the very simple example of side A and side B, they both have their own perspectives. You know, they're both fighting for their own perspectives. Those perspectives, those respective truths, those create somebody's entire world. And a lot of people don't want their world to fall apart. You know, like I said with the destroyer, we are very averse to change, to huge shifts that rock everything. And we sometimes we just don't want that. You know, sometimes we just want, you know, to live peacefully, you know, in our own reality, in our own perspective. But these are all very key parts of magenta. Every single time I've experienced the threshold in a different way, I've experienced different dimensions of unconditional love that would not have been possible if I didn't let it go. So, for example, oh, I gave this, I think, I think I gave this example. It was like Opal or something, um, but it's a good example. So, before auras, before archetypes, before whatever, um, I was a very linear thinker. You know, I was like, this This world is very linear. Um, like, I would say auras, archetypes, spirit babies, that's all nonsense. Um, none of it exists. None of it's real. Yeah, that was me like, I don't know, like several years ago, okay? And I, I was very closed off to it, you know? And by the way, a big part of the judge and the crone in terms of just, you know, embracing duality is non-judgment. And I was a very, very, very judgmental person just in that I was very closed off. I was very closed off to infinite possibilities. I was very closed off to literally everything. And then, you know, I would say, oh, I don't know, about five years ago, I started to get curious, you know, I was like, well, wait a minute, you know, I, and that this was like before like Instagram was like a huge thing and like everybody and their mother was like a healer now and like crystals and like all that good stuff. You know, it was like kind of before that, but kind of like the beginning of that becoming more mainstream, you know, um, if that makes sense. So I became curious about it, but I was like, I don't really know where to begin. You know, people certainly didn't have an app on their phone to tell them about like their current astrology transits. Okay. That's just like not what the world was at that point. So when I was curious, I was like, I don't even know, you know, what even to look at, but that was a threshold. You know, that was a way for me to release judgment. And what I didn't realize was I, before that point, I was, I didn't realize how attached I was to certain perspectives that, you know, what you see is what you get, you know, and anybody else experiencing anything else, you know, outside of what most people would consider normal, but like, what is that anyway? Uh, they're just probably crazy, you know? And that's because I was comfortable. You know, I was very comfortable in my reality. I was very comfortable in my perspective and I didn't want my world to change. But it was around, again, like five-ish years ago where I was like, I kind of came to a point, maybe, I don't know, maybe it was like the destroyer, the dead end or something. And like a little bit of the threshold too, you know, it something within the, in the theme of 
I need a new beginning. I don't know what that is, but I do know that something needs to change. I don't know how it needs to change, but I do know something needs to change. So, so let me just start looking around, you know? So that was one threshold, you know? And again, with the threshold, you need to, I thought, and I was like young too, so this really didn't make any sense. I was like, I've got a pretty, before then, I was like, I got a pretty good idea of who I am, what I believe in, et cetera. And then as my, I think as the kind of the storm or the destroyer's energy came through and I realized like my world is kind of falling apart here and I was like, oh, yeah, not so much. So that can be a key role of the destroyer too. You know, because some people, again, we can become so attached to our perspectives, to our realities, et cetera. And sometimes you need something like the destroyer to like shake it up a little bit and realize yeah, whatever you thought was going on, that's like not what's happening, you know? So it's a, it is a very like, it can be kind of intimidating at times, but again, it all ushers you, it ushers you into a new reality. It ushers you into a new experience of unconditional love that you could not have possibly predicted before. And that's when it started. And then ever since then, I've just been like breaking into new realities, breaking into new perspectives. And this is where the judge comes in too, whilst, you know, kind of fine tuning my own perspective and, you know, fine tuning my own soul expression and then discovering, you know, what it is that I really believe. So you can do them both, you know, you can simultaneously remain open to all of the infinite possibilities, you know, out there while moving yourself into a deep, deeper expression of the unconditional love inside of you and a deeper you know, understanding of your spirit. And if anything, I found, you know, that the more I find that I understand, you know, about unconditional love in my own way, the more that I understand about my relationship with God, my relationship with creation, it actually opens up so many more possibilities, you know? It's very interesting. So it doesn't necessarily mean, again, that you can't believe in anything specific. If anything, the more that I've, oh, and this is where the vision comes in. So the vision is a beautiful part of magenta. So the vision's story, it's kind of like, okay, imagine that we were all born with like a unique vision or like a dream or something like that. And then imagine that, you know, we were all born with it. Our souls, our spirits all have it. Um, it's like a, it's a multidimensional vision. It can't necessarily be put into words so just imagine that when we are born, our egos kind of forget what it is. And then during our lives, we keep like rediscovering dimensions and parts of the vision, you know, and it doesn't come through in a linear way. You know, sometimes it comes through like dreams or sometimes it comes through like remembering just in like a conversation or yeah, you're inspired by like a song or a poem or like, yeah, something you heard somewhere. That's the vision, you know, it's something that we all carry within us that's very, very unique to us. Um, I love the vision. You know, the vision, it's like, it's the force that enables you to kind of trust, have some trust in your own spirit, you know? And the vision, I mean, you can interpret it as like a purpose or like a destiny or something like that, or maybe like an energetic pattern that's very specific to you. There's so many different ways in which you can interpret the vision. But imagine the vision is kind of like your life force a little bit. You know, I've met so many just such a met or what is it? I was, I was going to say imaginative. I mean, they're imaginations. And you, ooh, you know what? Speaking of imagination, 
I feel like I I remember somebody saying once, and I can't remember who it is. Otherwise, I would like give them credit. Um, imagination is not necessarily just like making stuff up is what they were saying. Um, they were saying imagination is kind of like your key into entering the unknown. So um, that's the little note on imagination there. I really thought that was beautiful. Um, but in terms of the vision, yeah, whenever I've met somebody with vision, you know, it's, it is kind of like your life force. You know, they are so alive. They are so magnetic you know, when you are connected to your vision. So what I was going to say earlier was, you know, as you're kind of moving through the threshold, as you are, you know, moving through different realities, as you are getting to know yourself and rediscovering your own unique multidimensional vision, you know, whatever that looks like for you, by the way, as you're kind of getting more specific, it doesn't, what's, again, what's so interesting about the vision is the more that you learn about your own unique vision and your own and how that connects to your own soul, your own spirit, the infinite possibilities, it like, it keeps opening up, you know, because then actually maybe that's why the little note about imagination come like came through because then you can only imagine the infinite possibilities of everybody else's vision and everybody else's soul vision. And you know, what does that look like? So the vision is a very, very beautiful card. Um, yeah, the, or again, we all have a unique vision. We all have a unique dream or, you know, something that we want to create. It's a very creative card. And the more you learn about, you know, the vision again, magenta is falling in love with, you know, your own soul, falling in love with your own spirit, falling in love with the creation inside of you, falling in love with God, falling in love with you in general. The vision facilitates a deeper connection to all of those things, you know, no matter what you want to translate that into. Um, so that's why I love the vision. But yeah, understanding your own unique vision does not necessarily mean that you have to, again, start polarizing and saying, my vision is right, my your vision is wrong, or like whatever. In fact, it's kind of like, you know, with everything that we've been talking about with duality, and then maybe, you know, going back over to Anima Mundi for a second, it's like saying that we all have a unique vision, we all have a unique dream and there's space for all of them, you know? So that's why I love magenta, or that's why I describe magenta as unconditional love, just because, again, unconditional love, the soul of the world, we all share one soul, which, you know, can be translated to unconditional love. If unconditional love is within every single one of us, unconditional love is a large enough force to hold space for every single unique soul, every single unique spirit and their vision. And so I think that's something to remember, you know, as we experience, you know, the threshold and the destroyer and the crone and the judge and, you know, all of these experiences of duality. And I feel like I never finished, oh, my voice just cracked. Um, I feel like I never finished this thought earlier. Again, in order to really open up to the unique vision within, you know, another person or within yourself, Sometimes you need to be willing to be less attached to whatever it is that you believe, even if your entire world depends on it. So I remember, so back to like my mini example, you know, I was one way before definitely the, I'm still me, but also kind of the opposite of who I was, you know, and that's the threshold at work. You know, it's leaving behind a version of you that you thought was you to step into a new one. And again, it's still me in some ways, but not really. And that's a part of the vision too, 
it's growing. It is a little bit of like growing into yourself. Um, not quite the seed because the seed is growing into your soul and into your spirit. But again, with the vision, the vision's always there. You're just always discovering new dimensions, new aspects, and new expressions of the vision, which is quite quite beautiful. Um, but let me tell you about another threshold moment. So this is when I began, you know, playing around with archetypes and, you know, began, you know, understanding and studying the aura in my own way. And I was like pretty comfortable at this point, you know, very much like, all right, I understand how I understand the aura. Um, I understand that I can feel it. I know what it is and I have a good understanding of it. However, I don't know about seeing it, you know, um, the crone, it's a very clairvoyant archetype. You know, it sees very clearly. The crone knows this world with a great sense of clarity. Um, again, with everything, with there is no good, bad, right, or wrong, that's what I mean, you know? Um, but at this point in my life, the one thing, and this is where the threshold can come into play too. So, right, magenta is going into a deeper experience of yourself, a deeper experience of our collective soul, a deeper experience of God, creation, unconditional love, and all of its infinite possibilities, right? Um, that's magenta. So up until that point, I I always, it was like one of those things where I could accept, you know, um, clairvoyance and that, you know, people could see certain things or um, what else, there are a lot of like clear senses. There's like clear knowing, clear feel, clear feeling, clear knowing, um, clear hearing, smelling. You know all the all of that good stuff. I've experienced uh, claircognizance, clairaudience, and clairsentience. I never really experienced clairvoyance though. So that was <laughs> that was the one that I was like, oh, I don't know, I don't know. I'm a little skeptical. I don't really know. I mean, I had received one very powerful reading from a clairvoyant and she was absolutely brilliant. So it was one of those things where I so I was like, I guess, you know, it definitely works because again, that healing session was so transformative um, and she saw my aura. But again, I was just like, you know, it was, it was just one of those things where I was like, maybe for other people, you know? So it was like, I was warming up to it, but I hadn't completely you know, and this is the threshold in a good way. I feel like I've been talking about, you know, non-attachment to specific realities and specific perspectives. Um, but this is just a really fun example. So yeah, I was like, you know, that's good for other people. You know, I don't not believe in it, but I'm not entirely sure. And then I'll never forget the night that I saw my first aura. I was blown away. I was like talking to a family member and then I just saw their aura and I, I like blacked out. I, I just like didn't even know. I didn't even know what they were talking about, what they were saying anymore. Um, and I was just so surprised. You know, I was surprised, but not because I was like, well, wait a minute. You know, there are plenty of clairvoyance out there. And there are plenty of people that like see auras. You know, you knew this was possible. And it was just one of those things where I was like, yeah, I knew it was possible, but like not for me, you know, maybe for other people, but like not for me. And it was because, you know, up until that point, I still had some judgment around it. But then when it came, when I saw it and I just, I didn't even try to see it. I was just like, wow, you know, that was like a huge threshold moment for me. And again, a lot of the threshold, the crone, the judge, ironically, is non-judgment, you know? I mean, and also it's important to note with the judge, 
you can be non-judgmental but still have some discernment. So discernment is incredibly important um, just to have in general, you know, some discernment and some boundaries. Um, so just like keep that in mind because that does help you to fine tune and really get to know your own vision. So I just wanted to, you know, sneak that in there. Um, but that was a threshold moment. And once I real, and it was just so, it was so bizarre for me because like I said, uh, I was like, I'm not clairvoyant. I don't, you know, again, for other people, I believe them when they say that, but just like not for me. So I still had like a little piece of judgment left and then judgment left the building. I was like, my eyes, I was just, like, literally my eye, I could not believe what I was seeing. I could not believe my own eyes. And then, so the first time I, that happened, I was like, maybe I just didn't get enough sleep, which is not even true because I always get enough sleep, especially during quarantine. You know, what is there to do but sleep sometimes um, if you have the privilege to sleep because there are a lot of essential workers that like can't. Okay. Um, we don't need to go there, but you know what I mean? So um, but I, yeah, I was like, oh, maybe I didn't get enough sleep, which was, yeah, not true. I was getting plenty of sleep. And then I saw it again a couple of nights later and I was like, I wish you could see my face right now, but I was just taken aback. And so that's the threshold because what that did was, you know, it, it quite literally opened my eyes again to the infinite possibilities out there. So number one, it told me, you know, again, you can access as much of the unconditional love within you as you are willing and as you are open to. So all of those years where I was like, um, being clairvoyant is a bunch of BS and I don't, because I didn't understand it, you know, it was one of those quintessential examples of, I don't understand it. So it can't be real. And that's a little bit of the energy of the judge too. You know, it highlights that just because you don't understand something or you think something's impossible doesn't mean that it's real. And you know, do I understand how clairvoyance works? No. Do I understand how seeing auras works? No. Do I understand how claircognizance or clairsentience or any of that works? No. You know, it's a mystery. And that's a, that is what unconditional love translates to as well is the mystery. You know, it's the mystery within every single one of us. And so speaking of which, you know, in that language, the threshold allows us to access different dimensions of the mystery within us if we are willing. And there was a point, like, I remember literally saying to myself, kind of when I began exploring, like, auras, archetypes, and even before then, when it was just, like, astrology, tarot, etc., I was like, if I start seeing stuff, I don't even know what I'll do. I might just, like, have a mental breakdown, you know? And that that's like a judgment, you know? That's, again... I was just not open to that dimension of the mystery within me at that time. And then as I started to like learn about auras in my own way, and then I started seeing them more often because there was a point where I was like, I just don't think I'm meant to see stuff. You know, again, that's a judgment. That's like a closing off. And what I didn't realize at that time was how much of my world is constructed upon the, you know, subconscious belief that we can't see like into the mystery or we can't see, you know, the extra dimensional, you know, realities of this world or however you want to put it, you know, we can't see the impossible. So that's like, or, and so after that day, I was like, my, again, mind was blown open. Eyes were blown open. I was like, anything anybody's ever said that they've seen, I believe you, like, no doubt about it. And so it opens up your world. It cracks open your world, sometimes in a very uncomfortable way. It depends on how open you are to it. Like, um, 
And these things do happen at the right time. I think if this happened like a year ago, I would have been like, I don't even think I could have handled it, honestly, maybe a year or two ago. I don't even know what would have happened. But when I saw it, I was like surprised, but not surprised. I was like, that's cool. But like, wow, what does this mean now? And for me, I was like, my entire world has changed because it just means that there's so much more to explore than I previously thought. And that's really, really, really cool. So the threshold, the destroyer, you know, it doesn't have to be like negative, you know, and that's that's kind of the point is it's not, it's just a change. But again, in order to re- literally open up my eyes, you know, into a different dimension, I had to be willing to let go of saying clairvoyance doesn't exist. Clairvoyance is like fine, but it's not for me. And then, you know, what that would mean, like, do I, or in the past, you know, releasing whatever judgments, because again, a lot of this has to do with non-judgment. You know, there's a lot of love through non-judgment. I had to release any judgments that I previously had about like, what does being clairvoyant mean? You know, does that mean that you're just like a crazy person or does that mean you're just different or like whatever? All of that had to go, you know? So a lot of this does have to do with releasing judgment. Um, That's a lot of love, you know, is releasing judgment. And it sounds simple, but like, for example, you know, releasing judgment, and this is where the judge, you know, releasing judgment discernment comes in. Again, it does not mean we are all still human. So it doesn't mean that like you have to suddenly take on somebody else's perspective as your own. No, you know, have some discernment, you know, and that's where the king kind of comes in. And that's the last. Yep. Yeah, because we've done the threshold, the destroyer, the crone, the vision, anima mundi a little bit and the judge. The king is the last one, you know, within the magenta family. We are all still human beings, you know. And the king is a beautiful card, actually, to kind of sort of finish or, you know, as we come to a close on, because we want to remember that while we all share one soul, kind of echoing the message of the vision, we are all still human, you know, and we all still have, you know, very powerful choices in how we want to express and how we want to, you know, spread love and unity you know, within the collective aura, how we all want to heal, however, you know, how we want to interact with each other within this universal family. So the king reminds us that we are all human. We all have the entire spectrum of the human experience within us. Um, But what's also interesting about the king is that the, okay, so the king is two things. It, It reminds us that we are very human. We have the entire spectrum of the human experience within us. But also, it also reminds us that we are a channel for divinity. We are a channel for unconditional love, you know, within the case of magenta, or we are a channel for creation, um, et cetera, et cetera. And it asks you to honor those simultaneously. So the king is very similar to the father. Um, the The father is in the violet family that asks us to honor the perfection and the imperfection, the divinity and the human within and the king is, it's a, it is very different, um, but they, they do kind of echo each other, you know, as of course the father and the king do. Um, but in terms of magenta, so every single, I would say every single color family, and I've said this before, but I'll say it again, they all have at least like one card 
that kind of grounds the experience of the color a little bit. So we've been talking a lot about, you know, unconditional love, you know, going into a deeper experience of love. And so the reason I love the king, you know, within this specific family is it does bring this element of humanity and reminds us. And oh, you know what? Perfect. Speaking of non-judgment, speaking of like polarity and et cetera, et cetera. Again, the king is not. So the father is just remembering that you are human and that you have creation within you at the same time. What the king does, however, is that takes it takes it a step further and says, you have the entire spectrum of the human experience. So I've said that like three times and I'll say it again. You have the entire spectrum of the human experience within you. And so I really love that just in terms of the judge and the threshold and the crone, because again, it just echoes the message of what I said earlier about how, you know, all of our stories they create one another and we can choose, you know, where, where we want to be on the spectrum and, you know, how it is that we want to express and what it is that we want to create. But because we all share one soul, we all have infinite possibilities within one another or within, within ourselves, the infinite possibilities that's within each other is also within us, you know? So that's what makes the King so beautiful is that it's simultaneously, it understands that, okay, number one, I have the entire spectrum of the human experience within me and I kind of get to choose, I get to use some discernment as to, you know, what it is that I want to express. Um, also, you know, just in connection to the vision, you know, does it support my vision? Does it not? Does it support my soul's vision? Does it not, you know? So that's the king. So it's the number one, you have the entire spectrum. Number two, how are you going to use certain aspects of that spectrum in order to support your vision? And then number three, again, not forgetting that we all are a channel for divinity. You know, we all are a channel for creation, for, you know, you know whatever it is that you believe in, for unconditional love. But the king's job is not just, again, the father is more just understand that you are human and that you are divinity, the king is more active. You know, the king is like, how am I going to use myself as an expression of divinity to heal the collective aura? That's the king. So the king is very, um, it's a leader, it's a mover, it's a shaker. Um, it's very much also a service card. Um, and I, I love the king. You know, I, I really, really love the king in Magenta because it kind of brings, it unites all of the messages of all of the cards together in a very unique way. So again, number one, with the entire spectrum of the human experience, you know, that's good, that's bad, that's light, that's shadow. You know, that's everything that we were talking about with the judge, the crone, and the destroyer. And then the king, that's where our power comes from. You know, when we think of the king, we think of the ruler, the commander, the emperor. That's a very powerful card, you know? I mean, they're all powerful, you know, all of them. But when we think of like archetypes, like the queen and the king, we're like power. You know, we just, we naturally, you know, from all the stories, mythology, um, TV shows, you know, everything out there, media, you know, whatever history, the king is very, very powerful, but the king is powerful because it kind of unites, you know, these three aspects of the experience of, you know, having a soul, having a spirit and being human, you know, the king knows how to acknowledge the infinite possibilities within all of us and that we all, again, kind of going with Anima Mundi, 
that we all share these infinite possibilities because they are all infinite possibilities of the same unconditional love that we have within all of us. So that's the first part of the king, you know, understanding that we do have those infinite possibilities and that we can move anywhere we want on the spectrum. And that's a lot of power. Um, How do we move along the spectrum? That's the threshold. So again, remember what I was saying, you know, all of those messages about, you know, being willing to move between realities, you know, being willing to release different versions of you in order to step into new ones, you know, being willing to leave behind certain perspectives so you can open up, you know, my example of, you know, again, and it's not that you're leaving behind you in general. It's just a version of you to kind of step into, you know, someone that's like more you, you know? So for example, for instance, I'm still, I've always been me, you know, I've always been me, you know, from the time that I was like eight, you know, until, you know, the time that I am, you know, the age I am now, you know, I've always been me every single step of the way in terms of like, oh, and this is where Anima Mundi, perfect. You know, we all share one soul. So this dep- this also depends on what you align with just in terms of identity. I personally believe that I'm unconditional love, so are you, and we all just, it is expressed in different ways with the vision, and that's it, you know? So that's Anima Mundi. That's the constant that's within all of us. You know, the part of us that never changes you know, no matter how old we are, no matter what it is that we look like, no matter what it is that we've been through, that's anima mundi, you know? It's our soul, you know? It's the part of us that is, like, permanent. Um, But that is to say, you know, with the threshold, I've always been me, you know? I've just been expressed in a bunch of different ways. And so going back to the king in the full spectrum of the human experience, you know, we're just moving, you know, we're moving along the spectrum. We are experiencing different parts of the spectrum at different times. So um, there was a time when I experienced a part of the human spectrum that none of this, none of this, none of anything that I was talking about is possible. Then there was a time, you know, ex- where I was on, you know, somewhere on the spectrum where I was like, some of this is possible. You know, it's possible for me. Some of this is possible for me. Some of it's not, you know, and whatnot. Um, like for example, clairvoyance, that's possible for some people and it's just not a thing for me whatsoever. And then I moved and I was like, clairvoyance is possible for me. Wow. Now what does my world look like and how is my world really shifted? That's this, the full human experience, full spirit experience spectrum of the king, which is to say that it's all available to us. Are we open? So that's the first part of the king. The second part again your unique vision, you know, and this is where, again, it's, the vision is so beautiful. I feel like I didn't give the vision its due, Um, but the vision is a very, very personal card. You can talk about the vision all day, but what really helps to understand the vision is your experience of it. So the king, the king has vision, you know, the king and the vision work very, very well together. The king does have a certain vision as to how it wants to be a leader and how it wants to take part in healing the collective aura, which is just how I put it in my language. So that's the king and the vision. You know, the king is very connected to its own soul, very connected to its own spirit, very connected to its own vision. And that's where discernment comes in. Because again, we all do have a unique vision within us. This is not about saying like, 
like floating in between all the time and not getting clear. No, the king is very clear. You know, the king is very much in its power because it's very connected to, you know, how is it I am a part of the collective. So that that was number one, right? You know, another way of understanding unity consciousness and collective consciousness is understanding that you have the collective inside of you. And that's a little bit of gold. So if you want to know more about that, listen to the episode about gold. But that's a part of the king, you know, is understanding that you have the collective, uh, you have the collective aura inside of you at any given moment. So, and by connecting to your own unique vision and by healing yourself, you are healing the collective aura. So how do you want to do that? You know, it doesn't have to be, and that can be in your own way. And then the king also, it's a huge space holder. It takes open a lot of space, but it's also a huge space holder just in that it understands that everybody has their own vision. Everybody has, you know, their own way of healing. Everybody has their own, you know, way of expressing their innate power, you know? So that's a part of the king too. And then again, the last part of the king is understanding that, and this kind of weaved into what I was saying, we all share the same soul. So we are all channels for our own souls. We are all channels for the soul that connects every single one of us. So that's the king and it kind of ties everything together. Um, but let's finish off with um, a little bit more about Anima Mundi. So I love Anima Mundi because everything that I've said about all of us sharing one soul, it's kind of like we are bonded. You know, we are all, this is collective consciousness in all of its beauty. Um, we are all bonded together by just cosmic forces beyond our comprehension. Um, Anima Mundi allows us to celebrate the diversity within one another, you know? That's a little bit of the vision, too. The simple understanding that we all have a unique vision, you know, that is a part of our soul, a part of our spirit, etc. Um, it just, it's a very inclusive energy. It honors, you know, how we are all just different, diverse expression expressions of unconditional love. You know, again, no good, no bad. You know, there is no separation, you know, shared consciousness, collective consciousness. Um, it connects, you know, the third dimensional experience with the imaginal, you know, the mystical, the spiritual experience, you know, what we think is so rational and then what is, you know, very mysterious and mythic. You know, it's what it's one of those, again, kind of like either the belief in God or creation or the universe. It's what, you know, for a lot of people makes life meaningful, you know, and again, I love Anima Mundi because it's like, it's very, very much we are all connected. And then when you kind of awaken the unique light, the unique vision, you know, within you. And when when you do that, and that's a little bit of the king, that's a little bit of the king and the vision, you know, you're fully in your power you're able to kind of step back and witness, you know, how this newly awakened vision, you know, the love within you when it is like awake and it's, you know, healing and when you are connected to it, how it contributes to the collective consciousness, unity consciousness, the collective aura and the radiance of our universal family. So it's very much just reminding you that the unconditional love within you is everywhere. And when you express the unconditional love within you, when you tap into it, when you access it with, you know, your unique vision, you are impacting this, the entire universal family, you know? So 
Um, it's a very beautiful, uh, it's a huge energy. Um, Anima Mundi is the final initiation within the entire deck. It's the last card within the deck. Uh, so it's only appropriate that, you know, we end there. Um, but it's a big, big card. It's like, it's everything, you know, every single message about diversity, you know, inclusivity, you know, diversity in soul, diversity in human expression, diversity in spirit, diversity in vision. And how, again, all of those, you know, connect to one another, all of those, you know, play a part, you know, this, and again, magenta in general, it's a deeper experience of unconditional love. It's a deeper experience of God source creation. It's a deeper experience of loving yourself. Anima Mundi contributes to all of those, you know, Anima Mundi contributes to a deeper experience of the God within you and everybody else. Anima Mundi contributes to a deeper experience of you know, having a love and appreciation not only for you and your unique vision, but all of the other unique visions that, you know, create the souls and the spirits, you know, of this universal family. And that is, I mean, unity consciousness, collective consciousness, shared consciousness, those are all big themes, you know, within the imaginal space. And that's why I love looking at the aura colors, because at the end of the day, they help us to deepen our understanding of ourselves, our souls and our spirits and those of this universal family. So that's why I've really loved recording the Aura Color series. That's why it's been so, you know, special to me. And again, you know, this is just an introduction. You know, I'm not sure what series I will, you know, record next. You know, I have, you know, something in mind. Um but all of these cards within the Magenta family are very, very special. You know, Anima Mundi is a very, it's a very big energy. It can kind of be overwhelming. And that's kind of the shadow, actually, you know, just being overwhelmed by everything that exists. Um, but the light expression is just kind of tending to your own vision, you know, understanding that, you know, you following your own vision, you following the vision of your spirit, your soul, that helps you to, you know, heal and connect and to love the universal family at large, you know? So not being overwhelmed by literally everything that exists, you know, all the time, because that's a lot, you know, that's a lot for our minds to comprehend. But the, yeah, the light expression of this energy is the subtle knowing that, you know, by you really paying attention and being present with the unconditional love inside of you, you are taking part in loving, healing, and connecting to the collective aura. So that's Anima Mundi. All of these cards in their own way, you know, whenever you reach magenta or if magenta were to show up in an aura healing, it's in its own way saying it's time for a deeper understanding expression of love, you know? So whether that is with the destroyer, you know, some things need to come to an end in order, you know, for something else to take its place or whether it's, or, you know, with the threshold too, you know, leaving behind a perspective or a version of you that you were attached to so that your entire world can be broken open, you know, and that new love can come in, whether it's for yourself, for God, creation, et cetera, your universal family, you get it. Um, the judge, the crone, uh, the king too, you know, all about releasing any judgment, um, any polarization about what may be right or wrong or you know, different stories and perspectives and understanding that they all create one another. You know, this universal family is built on the diversity in perspective that exists. Your light doesn't exist without my shadow. Um, 
you know, all that good stuff. And then again, we have the king and the vision, you know, how you paying attention to the unconditional love within you does contribute to unity consciousness in its own way. And that's also anima mundi, you know, just understanding that we are all connected. Um, Yeah, all of these, all of those cards in some way lead you into a deeper experience of loving yourself, loving this universal family, loving God, source, creation, etc. Um, and awaken different parts of your soul and awaken different parts of your heart. You know, that's what the vision is, you know, constantly awakening, dif- awakening different parts of your spirit, you know, so that they can be expressed in their own unique way. And the king, again, realizing that you have all of those infinite possibilities within your heart that can be awakened to begin with, you know, it just depends on how open, how non-judgmental you are. And, you know, with every single experience, you know, every single experience of the threshold, every single experience of the king, you know, the king is a very magical card. You know, with every experience of the threshold, you know, every single new reality, every single new perspective, you're able to move, you know, between dimensions, between realities and along the spectrum within the king and then bring a new dimension to your vision, you know, bring a new dimension to your vision so that you can love and heal the collective aura. So, there's a lot within magenta. I don't want to repeat everything I said. So we will stop there. Um, I really enjoyed talking about magenta. We are going to end this episode the same way that we opened it. So that is by a couple of deep breaths, you know, just reflecting, you know, if you need more time, just take a pause. I like to say thank you, you know, to all the spirit guides, allies, and, you know, just even yourself, you know, for holding space, you know, for the past like hour, 20 minutes-ish. So I think it's just important to always say thank you to everything that it supported you, including you, and reflect a little bit, and then we will finish. Thank you so much for exploring magenta with me today. I had so much fun, you know, taking a deeper dive into this color. It is the last color of this series, and I had so much fun recording, you know, the entire series. And, you know, they were just introduction episodes. So like I said, I have something in the back of my mind, you know, for what it is that I want to do next, because every single time I recorded an episode, there was always medicine that just kept on coming through afterwards. So this was absolutely simply an introduction, and I can't wait to continue my exploration of the aura, the archetypes, the aura colors and how they can create more peace and harmony within our universal family. So thank you so much for listening. Um, If you could rate, review, subscribe, that is, you know, very helpful just in terms of podcasting. Otherwise, I will see you soon. 